Hey friends, welcome back to the journal feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. We keep you guys up on the literature by spoon-feeding it to you. Okay, let's take a look at what we cover from this week. First off, everyone goes crazy on a full moon. We all know that. And that's what makes the ER such a crazy place to be in on a full moon, right? Then the new news risk assessment for PEs, comparable to PESI and SPESI, just maybe. Then from the third article, how do you feel about ultrasound to diagnose appendicitis in adults as a first-line test? After that, again, we revisit vertigo and hints is your friend. Then finally, how is our shift work harming us? Now, if you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber, and so you will not be receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, though, they're all good articles, but if you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you will have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org. And know that we never want money to be a barrier to better patient care. So if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, just get in touch and we'll help you out. Now, this is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you by Vivian Lay, Katan Patel, Gabby Leonard, Seth Walsh-Blackmore, and Clay Smith. Okay, we're going to jump over to the third article. Titled Diagnostic Accuracy of a Pragmatic Ultrasound-Based Approach to Adult Patients with Suspected Acute Appendicitis in the Emergency Department out of the Journal of Emergency Medicine. Now, CT scans are the gold standard for diagnosing acute appendicitis, but there are other ways to image the appendix, which could be quicker, cheaper, and not expose the patient to radiation. Of course, I'm talking about ultrasound, which can be a pretty good test for appendicitis as well. So let's look at the ultrasound. Now, here we have a retrospective study of 508 patients with suspected acute appendicitis who received an ultrasound as their first imaging study. The ultrasounds were done by either an emergency physician or a radiologist. What we want to know is if ultrasound is adequate for appropriately diagnosing acute appendicitis. Emergency physicians for this study were considered experienced enough to do these scans if they were credentialed in abdominal ultrasound by having performed more than 200 scans and performed a three-day course. The diagnosis by ultrasound here involved an appendix diameter more than 6 millimeters, pain with compression, non-compressible para-appendiceal fluid, and echogenicity. Now, in patients in which a conclusive ultrasound was obtained, the sensitivity was 90% and the specificity was 94%. Any time the appendix wasn't seen, i.e. the scan was considered inconclusive, well, 29% of these patients ended up having acute appendicitis on a CT scan. Alright, so all in all, this is all pretty good, but it still is all going to depend on the risk tolerance of your surgeons at the end of the day. Seeing papers like this is great, but at least at my local hospitals, the surgeons are pretty unanimously going to ask for a CT scan in near every case, no matter what the ultrasound says. More evidence does help push the needle, though. In a spoonful, ultrasound first in adults to test for acute appendicitis is both sensitive and specific, of course, if you can find the appendix. Okay, and then jump over to the fifth, the last article. Titled, Objective Assessment of Sleep and Fatigue Risk in Emergency Medicine Physicians, out of the Journal of Academic Emergency Medicine. 
Most of us have gone into emergency medicine knowing that shift work is the name of the game and that there are health costs unfortunately associated with being a shift worker. We get tired and with that comes some risks. I think it's good to know as best we can everything about how this affects us so that we're at least making informed choices and can mitigate them if possible. This was a small study of 17 emergency physicians from an academic center. Now, to get data on the participants, they used smartwatches. Of course they did. I mean, heck, I already wear one every day anyways, so why not? Now, the ones they used were meant to track sleep metrics, and then you, they used this data to predict fatigue scores. They collected data over a two-month period, during which the average emergency physician worked 23 shifts. Some worked a lot more than others, with a range of 10 to 41. Okay, now I'm not going to go into the blah, blah, blah about how sleep scores work or if they're even worth anything, but just take it with a grain of salt that something on your wrist can kind of get an idea of how well you've slept. So, the average sleep score in this cohort was 7.7 out of 10, which sounds pretty good, except for when you consider that the optimal range here is that you want to be less than 6, not closer to 10. The average sleep length was 6.8 hours which is less than the optimal recommended time of seven to nine hours. They also did some fancy stuff, taking into account sleep, activity, fatigue, and task effectiveness to give you what they call a ready score, which is kind of a, just a score that measured how tired you were. Now, from this data, they were able to show that about half of the physician's shifts were in a high-performance state, so a better fatigue score while about a quarter were spent in a state of fatigue that increases the risk of errors. You were less fatigued if you had a shift that started between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m., but were more tired between 2 p.m. and 11 p.m. Essentially, you're more awake during the day and working hours. That's not revolutionary. Now, this entire study was essentially just a pilot study to assess a method of measuring sleep and predicting fatigue in physicians, which can later be validated for risk reduction interventions. Hopefully, they can correlate this data with some kind of either physician-based or patient-based outcome as well. That would be nicer to see. All in all, this study shows that we sleep less than we should and worse than is recommended. So this is a reminder to be really mindful of your sleep hygiene. Budget in enough hours to sleep. Minimize screen time before bed. Don't take too much caffeine. You all know the drill. In a spoonful, this small sample of emergency physicians suffered from poor sleep quality and quantity. They were objectively more tired in the late afternoon and evenings, with a quarter of their time spent on shift just not being in a great state they were considered to be at critical risk of making mistakes due to their fatigue. Okay, that's all the articles we have from this week. Let's do the quick wrap-up just to remember what we learned. From the third article, I'm not sure what more can be done to improve ultrasound for assessing acute appendicitis, but it's pretty good now and it's a reasonable choice as a first-line test, even in adults. Truth be told, in patients in which I suspect acute appendicitis, I usually like to take the ultrasound and look in the right lower quadrant, but if I don't find the appendix immediately, then I don't spend more time than that because most of my surgeons are going to want a CT no matter what. And then from the last article, sleep feels like a waste of time sometimes, but you'll be wasting the rest of your time if you don't take sleep seriously. This small study showed a sample of emergency physicians did not sleep enough and did not sleep well enough while being critically fatigued on shift almost a quarter of the time, especially in the late afternoon and evening. 
Be mindful of this and guard your sleep as the precious resource that it is. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a bite-sized nugget of spaced repetition. If you're feeling like you missed out, you'd like to hear more podcasts, you'd like to get involved with the blog, then you have to join us over at the members feed. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and save lives. And we're helping you do that one spoonful at a time. Thank you.